If you want brand registry on Amazon, you know you need a trademark. So today we're going to bring back Anita to talk about what has changed in the world of trademarks over the last year. And actually, did you know that her company, SellerTrademarks.com, is partially owned by Helium 10? How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Hey guys, you know, we've had a few guests here on the podcast that work for Thrasio. Now, what Thrasio is, is they're a company that acquires leading FBA brands from small business owners just like you. They've got the experience of acquiring over 125 Amazon businesses, so they've seen it all when it comes to managing and growing an Amazon brand. So if you are thinking about selling your FBA business, visit Thrasio.com forward slash helium 10 to connect with the Thrasios deal team. That's T-H-R-A-S-I-O.com forward slash helium 10 for more information on if your brand is a good fit for Thrasio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show. That's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the Amazon world. And today we've got somebody who's not a seller, but uh, who helps hundreds, if not thousands of sellers worldwide on something that's very important to, to Amazon. We've got uh, Anita in the house. Anita, how's it going? Oh, hi, Bradley. It's going well today. Uh, it's an excellent day. And I'm happy to be here with you again, answering your questions, hopefully. Yes, it, it was so funny. Like the, the last time we were, we recorded the podcast. I, uh, I remember originally you were supposed to come into the office and that was right around the time the pandemic happened and you got stuck in Europe for who knows how long, but uh, the world is yeah. a li little by little getting back to normal. Anyways, guys, if, if you, um, if you want to find more information about, you know, Anita's backstory, make sure to check out the other episode she's been on. Uh, this is now her third time, you know, we've had this podcast going for three years now, believe it or not. So, uh, uh, she's making her third round. It's been a year since the second time. So, um, Anita, you know, like the amazing thing that from the first to the second time we recorded the podcast, there was so much that, that changed as far as brand registry and trademarks. And now it's been about a year and a few months again, and more has changed. So I, th I thought I'd bring you back and, uh, let's talk about what's going on with, with trademarks in general, what's going on with brand registry, et cetera. So the first thing I wanted to talk about was. I remember before that, you know, if you wanted to do a U.S. trademark, if you wanted to get brand registry, you actually had to wait until it was completely fully approved and registered before brand registry would approve. And then it changed to like if you had never gotten brand registry before, you could submit like the, the pending registration number or whatever it's called. And they would accept you. But if you already had brand registry, they wouldn't do that for a second one. But now, what is the current situation now in August of, of 2021? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the things have changed dramatically. So the, the previous pro, uh, program that you mentioned, it, it was uh, the pilot program on Amazon. Um, so if you filed a trademark in the U.S., you could apply for the pending program, um, uh, which was the pilot program. And so it was pretty much at Amazon's discretion whether to accept you or not. Uh, and then in October of last year, they scrapped that program. They got rid of it, but of course, they didn't tell anyone. 
um, but now, uh, pretty much after you file a trademark in the U.S., uh, and as soon as it appears in the USPTO database, in the trademarks office database, you can then apply for brand registry. Uh, and now it's not a pilot program anymore and everyone gets accepted. Um, there are some exceptions, of course. Uh, very, very rarely they wouldn't accept you, uh, for example, if your account was suspended before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they wouldn't tell you the reason. They would say something like, yeah, we noticed that your account was involved in some abusive behavior <laughs> and yeah. they wouldn't accept it. But it's extremely rare when it happens. And it, of course, it happened before as well. Uh, but now that that's the only reason uh, like why they wouldn't accept you. Uh, in all other cases, pretty much after the filing, two, three days after the filing, you apply for brand registry and it's uh, uh, pretty clear. Um, so you don't need to wait until registration. Uh, and that is with the U.S. trademarks. So with U.S. and Indian trademarks, actually. So with the U.S. trademark, you file it and you get accepted. Uh, with other trademarks, it's a bit hit and miss. Uh, we noticed that with pending Canadian and U.K. trademarks, many of our clients uh, got accepted as well uh, without waiting until the trademark got registered. So it looks like um, they're slowly um, getting rid of the requirement uh, when you when you know um, sellers had to wait until registration. Um, and they're starting to accept um, trademarks that were just submitted, not just in the U.S., but in other countries as well. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. So, like, for example, you, you know, I mean, I've, uh, I mean, obviously, sellertrademarks.com being, um, you know, being part of the Helium 10 family, uh, I, of course, only, you know, exclusively use you for for all of my brand registry. And I've done, like, uh, I don't know, like two or three or four now. And whenever I've used your services, I've always done the expedited German trademark even for the usa uh brand registry because i would get it like in in 13 days and guys if you want to find you know look at the helium 10 blog and i did very detailed recaps of how i was able to get brand registry in like 12 13 days but that being said what uh, let's say i'm going to go open up a new brand mm-hmm. you know now for here in the u.s is it still best to have the full German trademark just because hey this is the actual full trademark or if i'm using you now should i go ahead and just have you do the U.S. trademark and then be able to submit the, uh, you know, the, that that other number because then mm-hmm. at least by the end uh, of the, you know, the period, I'll actually have a U.S. trademark, which is enforceable. But I guess the drawback is with a pending trademark, there's nothing like it's not real yet, technically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, actually, it's a good question. And we um, went to, like which trademark to select and many people mm-hmm. get confused. The important point to realize is that a German trademark does not protect you in the U.S. Okay. So it will not allow you to get rid of hijackers. Uh, it pretty much gives you no protection in the U.S. But sometimes it's still a better way uh, to proceed. For example, when your U.S. trademark is problematic, let's say there are other similar trademarks and you know you will not be able to get a U.S. trademark. So if we file in the U.S., yes, you'll get uh, access to brand registry, but it will be temporary because sooner or later, Amazon will check the status. So if the trademark doesn't register, you will lose access to brand registry. Uh, so that's like one of the reasons when it's better to file in another country like Germany or U.K., um, Another reason is if you have no sales in the U.S. uh, of the trademark branded product, so let's say you sell products and your brand doesn't appear on the products on the packaging, uh, in this case, uh, we will not be able to complete the U.S. uh, registration, the U.S. uh, trademark registration process, because in order to complete the registration process, you need to sell in the U.S. and you need to sell your branded products. 
and uh, another reason is like uh, when you haven't started selling on Amazon yet, you really have no clarity what products you're going to sell. You really haven't pinpointed that product that you, you're definitely going to sell uh, and you don't want to wait. So you want to start the process. Um, that's like another reason when, when it's maybe better to file in Germany. Uh, another reason is if there is a competitor who may likely oppose registration of your trademark. Uh, so let's say you filed in the US and then mm -hmm. there is a period uh, of 30 days during which third parties may file an opposition. So if you're aware of a competitor who may file an opposition in the US, uh, and if they file an opposition, it will become very costly and it's, it's a long mm -hmm. process to defend the trademark. Uh, in this case, it may be better to file in Germany. And I really like Germany because in Germany, uh, the opposition process happens after registration. Uh, so it's a very, very safe trademark. So even if there is a competitor who may file an opposition, uh, you will get the registration number first and you can use it for brand registry to get permanent access. And then even if there is an opposition, it will be it will be after registration. So Amazon will not go back and recheck uh, a registered trademark. So those are the reasons when it makes sense to file in Germany. Uh, and I, I do want to emphasize that if you are just beginning to sell on Amazon and you haven't finalized your product, uh, it may be better to file in Germany because what may happen, let's say we file, we actually had a, a situation like this. So our client filed for um, um, forks and spoons and they were in class eight. Uh, and at the end of the day, when, it, when the time came to file the statement of use, uh, meaning that we had to prove that she started selling her products yet, she sent us uh, photographs of garden tools. Uh, and we told her, well, we actually filed for forks and spoons. Uh, and she said, but those gardening tools are like shovels and, you know, those little tools that you use to plant uh, flowers. They're also in class eight. So it's this, the same class, but different products. So she ended up switching the products uh, without telling us and we couldn't add them to the trademark. Uh, so we couldn't complete the registration process because she didn't sell the products that um, mm. You know, we initially included in the trademark application, many people don't realize this. They don't realize that we cannot add new products to the same trademark application. Uh, we're filing for specific products. We're not filing for like a general class. Yeah. And that's very important. That's what many people don't realize. So now we're very, very specific uh, and we, you know, make it clear to all our clients that we're filing for specific products. Make sure that you, you're selling those products because otherwise your trademark will never register. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. So, you know, here, here, here here's another question then. Like what, you know, the, obviously you provide a service, you know, and, and mm -hmm. it's not free, you know, um, Mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm maybe you're involved in charity work and other things, but, but this is not a charity work, you know, seller trademark. So you, it takes time to, to register and, and, and you know, the fee reflects that. So everybody in, in the Amazon world who is always looking to save money here or there, like, and so a, a common question I imagine is, wait a minute, you know, I can go to USPTO website mm -hmm. and go ahead and apply and get my pending whatever. Like, why would I use a service? you know, like yours. And so, I mean, I, I think I know the answer to this question, but, you know, you can probably explain it uh, better than me. Yeah, well, I mean, trademark registration process uh, is quite complicated. 
uh, and it involves multiple steps. It's not the same as registering a domain name. Um, it, it, it's much more uh, involved and it involves multiple steps, especially in the U.S., uh, because the trademark registration process uh, it, it's not just the filing. Uh, we during the registration process, we may get some, you know, pushback from the trademarks office. They may ask some questions. They may even refuse your trademark if there are similar trademarks, or if your trademark is generic, or if it's descriptive, or sometimes uh, the trademark may not function as a trademark. Uh, so, the, so those are these things that may happen. And sometimes, if you file incorrectly, you cannot fix that. So some of the mistakes are fatal and cannot be fixed. Um, so if you use uh, like a professional, you avoid many mistakes uh, and you can also, you know, you, you, you increase your chances of getting your trademark successfully registered. And also what we noticed, if uh, a trademark is filed uh, with an attorney, they always check more and uh, they, they presume that there will be more mistakes. So filing with an attorney actually increases your chances to successfully register the trademark. Uh, and plus, many people, when they file, they don't fully realize uh, that it's important to, you know, list the products correctly. Uh, they don't realize that you need to provide correct photographs showing use of the trademark. So they may file in a way that uh, that will actually jeopardize uh, the chances of you mm, know, successfully mm -hmm. registering the trademark. And plus, sometimes um, you file a trademark and there is a similar trademark. And because you didn't do a proper trademark search before, uh, you didn't know about this trademark. So, uh, and then you will end up with an objection and you will end up with a refusal. Uh, and those refusals, uh, well, trademark objections, um, well, it's the same as the refusal. Uh, so when you get the objection, it looks like the, the trademark is refused. So we had many clients who came to us uh, and they said, oh, my trademark is refused. I don't know what to do. I need to refile. And they didn't realize that you can actually argue with the examiner. You can respond to that refusal and you can try and persuade the examiner that uh, the trademark should be registered. So in many cases, when you file a trademark and you get that refusal, you think that it, that's it. Uh, I have to refile or I have to do something else. But you don't really think that you can actually... Um, you know, respond to that refusal. But when you respond to that refusal, it's not just, oh, examiner, I think you're wrong. My trademark is different than this trademark. You actually have to provide like proper reasons. You need to do case law research. You need to look at other trademarks that registered. Um, so you need to do many things. And obviously, you it's very difficult to do it yourself if you, if you haven't really um, studied how to do that. Interesting. Okay. All right. So what are, you know, j just so people have an idea uh, about, you know, some of the things you mentioned there uh, ab about how, you know, especially when you try and do it on your own, it, it could get flagged or or somebody can do something the wrong way because it's not just like, oh, here's three questions. Let me just click this multiple choice and boom, that's it. What are some of the things that you have seen people rejected for because they really didn't know what they were, uh, what they were yeah. doing? Yeah, yeah, I'll just mention one, uh, which which happens a lot. So as you know, when, when you sell on Amazon, you need to uh, provide good photographs. So what people do, they hire professional photographers, uh, you know, to take good pictures of their products and they actually Photoshop those pictures. They remove the background. They, you know, make it more, you know, uh, improve the contrast, the brightness. So they actually play with the images, right? Um, so the, the products are still real, but the images are Photoshopped. Like for... Uh, trademark filing, the images cannot be photoshopped. So if you uh, include photographs of your products and those images have been photoshopped, you will get a refusal. So the trademark will be flagged mm -hmm. and uh, USPTO will think that you actually um, 
that you Photoshop the images and you actually superimpose the trademark name on the product. So it's it's like a very, very common reason for getting that. Well, it's not really a refusal, but it's an objection. They uh, they may do like an audit and uh, verify that you actually sell in the U.S. Uh, so they may get for like copies of, they may ask for copies of invoices. They will ask for like the link where you sell the products. Uh, so we always ask for the images that have not been photoshopped. Uh, with you know, do not clean the background, do not do any editing at all, because they have software and they detect Photoshop. And when they detect Photoshop, they think that it's not a real, uh, it's not a real business, because there are many trademarks that are getting filed now. Uh, when there is no, uh, there is no real business behind. They don't actually sell anything, uh, and they have no products, and they just pretty much. Um, Photoshop everything, and uh, USPTO is trying to deal with this, and they are really, really uh, suspicious uh, when they see a photoshopped image. So even if it was the real one, uh, if they detect Photoshop, well, you may be in trouble. Mm-hmm. So that's like one of the reasons. Okay. Now, one other thing. Let's say I got my trademark, but but I like I I forgot what kind it was a couple of times I've been rejected on the Amazon side and it's an easy fix, but I forgot what it was. It was something like, Oh, you chose logo mark, but it's really word mark or something or, or vice versa or something yeah, like that. So yeah, can yeah, you yeah. talk about the, the difference between the two and which one should people be trying to get? Yes. Yeah. So there are basically three types of, well, not three types of, um, trademarks. There are many more. They're like sounds and scents, but we'll just talk about text and logos. Uh, So there is a text-based trademark, which consists only of text, just, you know, the words or numbers. Um, And it's called like a standard character trademark. So it's pretty much text, you know, pure and simple. Then there is a logo, an abstract logo, or like a picture of something without any text. Uh, and then there is uh, like a combined mark that consists of the text and the logo together. Um, so text trademark and combined marks are acceptable for Amazon, but pure images, like images without any text or without anything that can be pronounced, those are not acceptable. And it makes sense because the uh, the brand uh, on your Amazon listing should match the text portion of your trademark. So if there is no text in your trademark, uh, you cannot pronounce it. You cannot call your listing like this. So it should be either the text-based trademark uh, or text plus logo. Those are, those two are fine. Okay. All right. What else? Uh, you know, we, we've been talking about you know common mistakes, and we've been talking about some confusion. Uh, you know, about different types and things. What are some common mistakes? Some common frequently asked questions. Some confusion that people have had over the last year uh, about either brand registry or or just trademarks in general. Well, I mean, very often, uh, you know, uh, clients come to us and they're really uh, in a hurry to file without, um, you know, uh, deciding which products they're going to sell. So they just want to file, but they have no idea what they're going to sell. So that's uh, one of, well, it's not really a mistake, but uh, you should really have a clear idea what you're going to sell before we file a trademark application because it's filed for specific products. Uh, and if you don't have a clear idea, but you still want to file for like whatever reason, uh, then it's best to file in the UK or in Germany, because in those countries, you don't really need to prove any use of the trademark. So you don't need to have any sales before registration. But in, if we're talking about the US, it's really important to uh, understand which products you're going to sell. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have that idea, it's too early to file. Uh, another mistake is like when people pick... Um, 
a trademark that's very descriptive. Um, for example, um, you sell plastic products and you call your, your trademark like um, pure plastic. Uh, in this case, the trademark is descriptive, so there is no unique part uh, and the trademark may be rejected. So before uh, deciding on like which trademark name you're going to choose, it's best to make sure it's registrable. So it's very important to do the trademark search to uh, make sure that the trademark that you have chosen uh, is actually registrable. So uh, it's, it's, it's very important that this is done before you put the name on the products, because very often we have a client, we have a client who comes to us and the trademark is not registrable, either because it's descriptive or because there is another trademark and they tell us, oh, but I already uh, put everything in production, so I can't change the name because it's, it's too late. Mm. Uh, so in this case, it may, be, uh, it may be a big problem. So we may be forced to file in another country or we may be forced to file for the products that um, are not the core products, or we may be forced to add some image to the trademark to make it less descriptive. Uh, but that it's, it's very, very important to do the search before the filing. It's definitely one of the things that cannot be neglected, and we uh, it's it's uh, it's not difficult to do yourself, but obviously it's best if it's done by a professional. Uh, and a, a registrable trademark is not descriptive; it's not generic, so it doesn't name the product, it doesn't describe the product, and doesn't conflict with another trademark that was filed or that was registered uh, in the country where you where you're planning to file. Uh, so that's uh, another um, potential problem. Uh, so I guess those are the two, well, two obstacles, I guess, two problems. Also, I wanted to mention something before I forgot sure. um, about Amazon uh, new rules. So okay. since Absolutely. October of last year, then they are now Amazon. So when you apply for brand registry, how it was before, you apply for brand registry, uh, you provide the trademark registration number, uh, your uh, Amazon listing, you answer some questions and that's it. But mm. since October, uh, Amazon has uh, changed the rules because there have been uh, a lot of instances when uh, sellers uh, were trying to get in the brand registry without actually uh, having real products. So now when you apply for brand registry, you should actually provide photographs of your products uh, as well. Yes. Uh, and those products should have the, the trademark name on them. So pretty much they're asking for the same thing that the USPTO is asking you. Okay. Uh, when you file the statement of use. So they want to make sure that you have real uh, products in hand and they don't actually uh, need any sales yet, but they want to make sure that the products exist and that those products actually show the uh, trademark name on them or the trademark logo. Uh, so that's like one of the requirements. So even if you, let's say, you really want to file as quickly as possible, but you don't have any real photographs, uh, in this case, you will not get in the brand registry until you provide those photographs to Amazon. So that has been a big change. Good to know. Good to know. Let's see what else. Uh, the, okay. Another question I had was, you know, uh, obviously whether somebody's doing it, uh, themselves or using you, there's this process where, where sometimes, you know, either the USPTO will say this, or even you will say it before you even submit it, where it's like, you know what? there's a chance that this might get rejected. And then usually it's because, oh, like, you know, maybe there's a word in common with something or, or there might be confusion. Can you talk about, uh, obviously there's probably a thousand different things that could result in in something being, you know, deemed too similar to an existing brand. But what are some of the main, most common ones where it's like, hey, a, a person could almost check this on their own. And um, I mean, obviously like, yeah. you know, if, if there's Kia and then if I'm doing a, 
you know, key key um and it's a car, you know, like it might get rejected because it's like too similar to key or something. But but can you talk about other real life kind of examples that that could uh, happen? Yeah, so it's actually pretty simple. So the the initial check can be done by anyone. And what you do, uh, you pretty much can go on the USPTO website uh, and you can just put your trademark name there and see what comes up. So if you see an identical trademark, um, so with the same name, then you should look at the list of products that it was filed for. If the products look very similar or if they're identical, uh, then it's a direct hit. So it's an identical trademark was already registered for the same products or for very similar products. Uh, then it's a problem. So those, so that can easily be checked by yourself. Uh, you can also use, well, I mentioned this website many times, name check. Uh, it's name and then chk.com. Uh, so you put your trademark name in there and you just see what comes up. Uh, if the domain name is available, you check whether the Facebook, the Twitter, the YouTube, whether those are available. Uh, and it also does the basic trademark search as well. So if you see that, oh, there is actually uh, the domain name is taken and then there is somebody on Facebook with the same name, uh, but there is no trademark, maybe it's best to stay away because, I mean, there is still a conflict, plus you don't you can't get the domain name. Um, so it's, it's very important to do that. Uh, the, the first thing that actually you should do, like when you are, um, if you, once you find a trademark that you like and you check the domain name, I, I strongly recommend to get the domain name because what we noticed and, uh, is that like when clients check the domain name and it's available and then they think, okay, I'll get it later. And they come like a week and it's taken. So somebody bought it. And I don't know if they detect that somebody did the search for this name, uh, or what it is, but it's very important to get the domain name first. So even if you end up not filing for that trademark, it's only like $10 for the first year. So it's not a big loss. So getting the domain name uh, first is very important to do. And that's what many uh, people uh, forget to do, actually. Or they uh, leave it until later and later uh, becomes, you know, impossible because somebody bought it. So that, I think that's a, that's a good idea to get the domain name. Uh, and then immediately after that, you know, file a trademark. Because if you... Um, if you decide to file a trademark, but then you procrastinate or you decide to put it on hold for whatever reason, somebody else may file for the trademark. It also happens to us, well, not to us, to our clients. Uh, sometimes um, when competitor finds out about a, a trademark that our client wants to file, either because they posted it on social media or they actually launched it on Amazon and they didn't file the trademark, mm -hmm. the competitor may file for the trademark first. And sometimes it's a matter of days. So it's very, very crucial not to procrastinate and to file for the trademark uh, well as soon as possible. Um, when we do the trademark search, so let's say you buy a package uh, on Seller Trademarks website, uh, we do the comprehensive trademark search. So we tell you, okay, your trademark is registrable or problematic or whatever. Uh, and let's say the search is done on August 2nd. And then we prepare everything. And then let's say you you decide that you wanted to wait until you make the first sale or you wanted to maybe add some more products and you decide to do some product research. Oh, I don't know. Maybe you go on vacation. And then we end up filing in October. So I call this period like danger uh, gap because during this period, somebody else may file for a trademark and we don't do another trademark search yeah. uh, un un unless like a lot of time has passed. So even if we file on like August 20, it's still three weeks in three, three weeks, uh, mm. somebody else may file. So it's very important to do things quickly. Once you decide to proceed, 
uh, you concentrate on, you know, getting the trademark filed uh, and you respond to our emails, you respond to questions like, you know, quickly, and then we file the trademark quickly. Uh, I really don't like when things get delayed or, cli- or clients decide to like put it on hold for like whatever reason. Uh, and then something happens and the trademark becomes unavailable. Okay. All right. Good to know. Different countries. So, you know, obviously if I, I selling to Amazon USA, I get Amazon brand registry here for the USA. Now, since I have a trademark, regardless of where that trademark is from, as if I'm expanding my marketplaces and now selling in Amazon UK and Amazon Germany, my brand registry should transfer over, right? Or do I need to re-register and, and get a trademark in the local European marketplaces? Yeah, so basically one trademark. So you should look at the list of um, countries where Amazon has presence and they're constantly expanding that list. So they added Saudi Arabia, Turkey, Egypt, uh, like Sweden, uh, Japan, Brazil. So those are all the new countries. So if you have a trademark from any of those countries, uh, you can use the trademark for brand registry on all Amazon marketplaces. So if you have a trademark in the U.S., so on, on Amazon.com, you will get full protection. You will get the ability to remove hijackers. But on on other on other Amazon uh, marketplaces, let's say on Amazon.ca, uh, you will still get brand registry, but you will not get the ability to remove hijackers. Uh, but you will still get um, access to brand registry, and you will need to uh, you you may need to reapply, like to add a. Um, your trademark on Amazon.ca, but it's it's pretty much one trademark will work for all of the uh, Amazon marketplaces. But if you want full protection, uh, if you want to remove a hijacker, um, then you definitely need to file in that country as well. Okay, good to know. What else uh, is new? It, it has changed either in Amazon or the way that people apply for trademarks in a certain country. Anything different in the last uh, year, year and a half since you've been on that we need to know about? Well, I mean, uh, in, there have been some uh, delays uh, in the trademark registration process in all countries, uh, pretty much in the U.S. The timeline now is 12 to 14 months, and uh, like in, uh, Europe, in, the Europe, in the European Union and the U.K., for example, it's about five months now. In Germany, it's still quick with accelerated examinations, two to three weeks. Uh, I think Germany is the only country that hasn't been affected by COVID delays, but all other countries have been affected. Uh, and uh, you, sp- you, you, in the U.S., the like since last since last year, there has been like a sixty percent increase in trademark filings. Um, so the timeline has really uh, increased. Uh, so I think everyone is getting into into the online business now uh, and filing trademarks. Uh, and Amazon is also becoming more and more, you know, mm, they're learning. So they're, mm-hmm. you know, adding more rules like that, you know, the requirement to provide a photograph uh, has been um, a bit of a, well, well, I call it, a, it's, it's a good change, but it, it may be, it, you know, it may delay uh, getting in the brand registry. And so we always emphasize, okay, make sure that you have, you know, real photographs, you know, uh, ask your manufacturer to send you real photographs because otherwise you won't get in the brand registry. Um, but I think now Amazon is uh, moving away from the AP accelerator program and they are just pretty much opened up, um, the ability to, you know, get access to brand registry, mm-hmm. uh, with the, with the file trademark. Uh, and, uh, also, uh, I just wanted to mention like a quick thing about transparency. So to get into the transparency program, 
you need a registered trademark. And what we learned recently is that you can get in the transparency program with a registered trademark in another country. I, I always thought for some reason that it was it had to be a trademark. Um, like, let's say if you sell on Amazon.com, I always thought it had to be it had to be like a U.S. registered trademark. But uh, recently we learned that you can actually have a registered German trademark and still get access to transparency to the transparency program. I so that's obviously new, and uh, I, I wish there was a manual that we could all read and see like what Amazon uh, accepts or not. Um, like another thing I wanted to mention um, that once you create, but like uh, now uh, to create a listing, you need to you need to get in the brand registry. So first you yeah. apply for brand registry and then you create a listing. But if you already have a listing with a name, uh, make sure that we file for the same trademark and it has to match. So that's very, very important. So the case has to match. So if your uh, listing name is in all capital letters, so then we have to file in all capital letters. But if the listing name uh, has the initial capital letter, so we have to file with the initial capital letter. Uh, and Amazon doesn't really allow any changes anymore. Um, they may only allow very, very slight changes, like, like an extra space or a period. But they will not allow you to rename your uh, listing with, with rare exceptions. So it's, it's very important to, like, if you already have a listing and then we file for a trademark, so those two things have to match. It's also a good idea to register copyright if you think that you have uh, unique photographs or you have, uh, let's say, you, you sell uh, handmade jewelry and you have unique photographs. Uh, we know just that sometimes, uh, even with the registered trademark, sometimes Amazon doesn't really want to help you very much. Uh, so we notice that if a copyright is registered, um, it's, sometimes it's easier to enforce your rights uh, if you um, claim that the copyright was infringed. So that's uh, another good thing to think about and to keep that in mind that it's um, it's not all about trademarks. All right, good to know. So anyways, we've been th- uh, talking strictly, you know, like in the Amazon sense, you know, and mainly about, hey, how to get brand registry and things. But, but just in real life, you know, uh, you've got a U.S. trademark maybe I don't care about brand registry. How does having a U.S. trademark help me in my business here? Like what, what are some of the things that I can, ho- you know, I can hopefully prevent by, by having this? Well, you can, uh, it makes uh, it makes it much uh, easier to enforce your rights because if you have a registered trademark, you can, uh, you can send a cease and desist letter uh, to your competitor who uses a similar trademark and hopefully they will rebrand. Uh, it also... When you have a registered trademark, it increases the value of your business. It increases the value of your assets. So whatever you paid for your trademark registration will pay off. And the, the older your trademark is, the you know the more valuable your business becomes. Uh, because if you sell your business, I mean the trademark, your trademark is is the asset. So that's something that you cannot uh, underestimate. Also, if you if you want to go into franchising, you, you need to register your trademark, obviously. Uh, and you pretty much in the U.S. you get exclusive rights to um, to own your trademark for your specific products. Uh, so it doesn't matter. Let's say if in another state there is another company that opened up and they uh, decided to adopt a similar trademark, you can uh, tell them to stop, and you can rely on your federal trademark. So there are lots of benefits actually. Uh, somehow with uh, Amazon sellers, all this all Amazon sellers think about is brand registry, and it's very unfortunate. Uh, that it became all about, um, you know, brand registry. Okay, cool. But it's it's definitely not like that. Yes, indeed. All right, well, um, 
if people are, you know, just getting started on Amazon or they're, they're launching a new product, they would like to reach out to you in order to, you know, go ahead and help them, uh, you know, with a U.S. trademark, German trademark, U.K. trademark, you know, you do them all. Uh, what's what's the easy to remember website that people can uh, can go to? Yeah, it's uh, selladtrademarks.com and you you can, you can uh, send a message to support at selladtrademarks.com uh, and there will be, there may be some new features added to the website very soon. Right, Bradley? Hopefully, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Look forward to so. it. All right. Yeah. Well, Anita, thank you very much. Uh, I know, we'll, you know, in 2022, there's probably going to be like seven, eight things again that have uh, changed uh, since since this one. So we'll definitely bring you back and and I'm actually might be launching a couple more brands this year, so I'll be uh, hitting you up to to get those uh, to get those trademarks. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting field that you know it's never boring. I mean, I think that's the, that's my favorite, you know, um, field in the you know legal field because it's really um, changes all the time, and there are so many new things that we you know learn on the, all the time. Uh, so it's definitely fun. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, enjoy the rest of the year, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you later. Yeah, talk to you later. Bye-bye.